Want to help your teachers save over 10 hours per week? Introduce them to School AI. It's not just a tool, it's a partner in the classroom. With School AI, teachers can plan courses in minutes, get real-time learning data, and provide one-on-one -on -one tutoring. Plus, it's free for teachers. Visit schoolai.com today. School AI, the classroom operating system of the future. That's schoolai.com. Focal Point K-12 is an innovative tool that helps teachers and students manage student portfolios. It provides a digital portfolio for students to store their work, set and track their own learning goals, and earn credentials and industry certifications. The platform also uses blockchain technology to ensure the security and safety of student data. Teachers can use Focal Point K-12's real-time dashboards to track student progress and save time with AI-assisted scoring. To learn more, visit focalpoint.education. Principles. Research shouldn't be a maze for students. Scribble offers a unified platform streaming the research and writing process. It integrates with major educational tools, ensures authentic student work, and provides educators with real-time insights. Elevate your school's academic rigor. Learn more at scribble.com. That's S-C-R-I-B-L-E.com. To transformative principle where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Welcome to transformative principle. I am excited to have Caleb Hicks here. He is the founder of School AI, uh, the title sponsor for the Summer of AI series, and really excited to have them on board and be able to talk with Caleb today. Uh, Caleb and I have been uh, collaborating for all of this year on a lot of different things, and I'm really excited that I get to share him with you in this interview today. Caleb started out as a middle school keyboarding teacher. He then went on to lead Dev Mountain, which taught people how to code. And then he went on to work at Apple and co-found Lambda School with Austin Allred, which you've heard me talk about on this podcast before. And then he left there and started a student-focused career transition thing called Factor, which is really cool. And then got into the school AI stuff. And I just got to say, as I've been working with Caleb and we've been talking about all these different philosophies about how we adopt AI, it has been awesome to have someone who gets the values that we have to infuse in this and recognize that we're not here to take away jobs, but that we are here to keep making amazing things for uh, teachers and leaders and for students. So Caleb, welcome to Transformative Principles. So happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. I've met so many of your listeners over the last, what, seven months now, and yeah. I'm glad we finally got the time together for building tools to help teachers and school leaders use AI in schools. Excited to be here. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So what's a big takeaway that someone should get from our interview today? Yeah, I think we're we're going to talk about how to use AI to empower teachers, like put teachers in their seat of power or like, like their zone of genius, as 
designers, but also as mentors for these students. So that will be fun. We're also going to talk about this thing that we are building called Spaces, which is almost an app store for AI-powered teacher tools and student learning experiences. And I'm sure we'll just geek out about other like cool stuff we see in, in AI along the way as well. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we don't get to that you are really passionate about also is, is talking about data and how you can yes. take all your different data and bring it all into one place. I just think that is really exciting. I think we need to do a part two to talk about that Let's do um, it. for specifically, because that is one of those really challenging, big, ugly monkeys that we have to deal with. I think for me, the thing that I really take away here is your perspective on what spaces can be and how teachers can use them to get a holistic view of what's happening in their classroom and in their learners' experiences, I think is incredibly powerful. So if you want to try out School AI, you can go to schoolai.com slash TP and try it out. And we will get to our interview with Caleb here in just a moment. Time is a precious commodity. As a principal, you know this all too well. Between lesson planning, grading, and providing personalized feedback, the hours in a day can quickly disappear. What if you could help your teachers get some of that time back? Introducing School AI. School AI is not just a tool. It's your teacher's partner in the classroom. Help your teacher save over 10 hours a week on busy work, allowing them to focus on what they do best, teaching. With School AI, teachers can plan courses in minutes, get real-time data on learning, and even provide one-on-one -on -one tutoring for every student. School AI also provides a FERPA-compliant chat GPT experience. But that's not all. School AI's co-teacher feature is like a personal assistant, adapting daily lessons to student interests, checking for understanding, and even automating parent communication. And the best part, it's free for teachers. So if you're ready to reclaim your time and transform your school with the power of AI, Visit schoolai.com today. School AI, the classroom operating system of the future. Visit them at schoolai.com. So one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Caleb, is how you have been making decisions about adopting AI in schools and that you're keeping humanity at the center of it and bringing that kind of stuff in. So tell us about how you make decisions about adopting AI in schools. What are the things that are important to you? Oh, man. Well, to start with, school and education is a human-first endeavor, right? Where those of us that are in education, that are teachers, that are school leaders, we do it because of the kids, because of the students, because of the people who are learning. And it's that human connection that matters. Now, we've all learned virtually or from blog posts or books or from YouTube videos. So it's there, there are ways to learn without that personal connection, but school in particular and, and K-12, that human connection is the most important part. So we look at AI and think, how does this magnify the relationships, the human connection, that teacher to student relationship and that drives everything we do. So in the fall of last year, I was working with about 100 high schoolers on career exploration. We would connect them with working professionals at cool companies, and, and they'd do projects like plan a halftime show for the San Antonio Spurs or 
build a radio with an engineer from SpaceX. And when ChatGPT came out, we showed it to them, to these students. And one of these students won $20,000 in scholarships within, uh, with essays that he wrote within wow. the first 30 days of ChatGPT coming out. And it became so obvious, like AI is here uh, and schools are on the front lines. And, you know, whatever, I talk to people and some people want to shake that kid's hand and pat him on and like congratulate him. And others are like flabbergasted that he would cheat in that way or, or, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated, but it's here. And we realized very quickly, like this was a space that we wanted to be working in. So you asked, you asked about the humanity. The first thing we did when we decided to start working with teachers and schools on deploying AI, we went and connected with the teachers. We went and connected with the kindergarten aides. We went and talked with the superintendents and the principals. And many of the people that listen to this podcast have come and spoken with us about what they want to be doing in their classrooms. And we think AI is at its best when it is magnifying the work that teachers do and magnifying the work that schools do so that teachers can be in their zone of genius and work with the kids. That's the reason we got into this profession in the first place. Well, yeah. And I, well, that's one of the things that I've appreciated about you and you and I have, have worked together for this whole year, basically talking about what it looks like, how it could be implemented. And this is one of the things that I have appreciated about your approach is that while other people are saying things like, this can cut out the teacher. You're saying, no, 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 We don't want to cut out the teacher. We want to cut out the teacher's busy work that's meaningless. Can you help me understand the difference between those two things? Yeah, I, I think there's two sides to that. One is when I talk to teachers, almost universally, they love teaching. It's just the rest of it that gets in the way, right? It's the paperwork, it's the emails, it's the phone calls, it's the additional meetings and you know, we can't solve all of that, but there's so much work in a teacher's day that AI can give them a leg up or get them a frictionless first draft is something that I say often. And whether it's lesson planning to your state specific standards that you need to do or adapting an assignment for a student with IEP accommodations, AI can help you do that quickly, easily, and get you back to that, like that one-on-one -on -one connection with students or to creating this immersive experiential learning environment. So many teachers I talk to, they want to do things like project-based learning or getting their kids out of their desks and around the school and out of, out of the building. And they can't because they're stuck in this like very traditional, overloaded, full of context switching mode that is the traditional classroom today. The other way that I think AI can be used is allowing teachers to kind of move into the role of designer. We like to say teachers should be learning experience designers. And I think the most powerful teachers I've ever had, they aren't just copying or accepting the default constraints of the classroom. They're pushing those boundaries. I taught seven periods of keyboarding. That was my first job, my first teaching job. I'm talking typing on keyboards. And I, over the next couple of years, turned that into a teen entrepreneurship program with a school marketplace that we ran during lunch. And 
with schools, with students making a thousand dollars a semester in the class. And that was only possible because I was willing to say, hey, there's these four walls and these 42 desks with computers on them. What can I do with that? And designing what I wanted these kids to experience. And we think that AI can put teachers in that zone of genius, both as a, you know, connecting with students, but also designing these immersive experiences that I can share some more specifics in just a minute, but I've been going long on this. So I'll, yeah. I'll pause there. <laughs> that, that's good. So let's talk about these, this idea of the teacher as designer, because design thinking has been around for a long time. I wrote a whole book on it called School X and how principals can use design thinking to help them redesign their schools and teachers can use design thinking to help them redesign their classrooms. And that's a powerful approach to things. What and what you talked about with the frictionless first draft, I thought was really good because in order to be a designer, you have to have certain things in place. You can't just turn the kids loose because one, it stresses everybody else out. And two, it it is challenging to make sure that they're all engaged in productive activities, especially as you get started doing it. It's really tough to do that. So that's where a lot of teachers struggle. The way that I describe this is, that we used to have teachers as the sages on the stage, right? And then we moved into yep. the guide on the side. And now I believe that teacher's role should be the compass among us, which means that their job is to mm. help get kids pointed in the right direction. But there's so much, if you don't have tools to support you doing that, there's so much that you have to create and manage and have in place for that kind of stuff to happen. And the AI tools being able to facilitate a lot of that really does make it possible for them to, to be more of a designer and say, here's my vision for what I want to happen. What are all the little pieces I need to create to make it so that this is successful? And, and I love that idea of, of the teacher being the designer rather than the, than the, the sage on the stage or the, the, even the guide on the side, which is great too. But I think there's more to what they can do than that. And if we can take off some of these, some of these busy work things, I think that's important. Can you talk about the, the difference between work that is valuable for teachers to be doing and work that is, I don't want to say a waste of time. So don't, don't read into this. That that's what I'm saying. Cause it's, it's not, but there's the busy there's work, busy work. There's, there's higher leverage activities that teachers can be doing that is more worthy of their time. Can you talk about the distinctions between those and where you stand on that? I think there are two things that should take highest priority for every teacher. One is connecting with students, right? Any time that they can spend building a relationship, giving mentorship, being that compass is valuable time. And I'll just say in a secondary environment, you might have 290 students at a time. That's how many I had when I was teaching that keyboarding class that I mentioned. And, you know, if I spent 30 minutes with each kid once a month, that's a full-time job right there. Like I, I no longer had any time left. And so that's number one. Number two would be anything that is designing the environment or creating the environment where these students can create their own meaningful, impactful experiences. And that's that learning design thing that we were just talking about. 
I would say almost anything outside of those two things should be deprioritized, given to computers that can do it faster, easier, and better, or abstract it away as much as possible, right? We, we all talk about the teaching profession, and I don't think anyone that is being sold on the idea of becoming a teacher is thinking paperwork or TPS reports or rewriting your lessons to match a specific framework of how you write your learning outcomes. Those things are good, but they're all in the service of student connection and creating active, engaging learning environments that should be lighting a fire within the students of, hey, I love learning or I love this content. And if the teacher is burnt out on email and other lower leverage things, then of course students are going to come in and be pretty checked out once they get into class. Because it's like the teacher can't love teaching that class when they're so distracted or overloaded with other work. So why should the student love it when they come into their into that classroom? Yeah, that that, that is so true. When the the energy uh, in the classroom really does matter. And you, as a principal, I could go into a classroom and know within 30 seconds whether or not learning was happening. And that doesn't mean that it was quiet or loud or anything in between. What it meant is that you can feel that energy that exists from the teacher, from the students, and through their interactions. And I think that that's a really powerful thing. So let's talk a little bit about these learning sp spaces is what you call them in school yeah. AI. So tell us about spaces and what their purpose is. Okay. So let me, let me tell you what spaces are. Uh, spaces are these kind of AI powered apps for student learning experiences. And I'll give you a couple of examples. We were working with this history teaching team that was using school AI this summer to redesign some of their curriculum for the fall. And they had access to our FERPA compliant chat for teachers. And they started asking us, how can we get our students to use this in a way that we control or we design or we manage? And I loved that question, of course. And so we got together and we said, what are you trying to do? And they said, we want to move beyond the quiz or the worksheet. And we want to, you know, have students feel what it was like to like make the decisions as a colonial soldier in the Battle of Yorktown, or as a rider on the bus in Montgomery when Rosa Parks decided to begin that movement. And so we took this idea and we said, let's create an AI-powered like environment that the students can live that experience. And so we did. We spent about an hour together and we built this Battle of Yorktown, choose your own adventure experience. And so instead of a quiz or a like reading the textbook, the student starts the night before the battle begins and they're thinking about what's important to them. And they're asked like, what do you do? And just like those old choose your own adventure books that we love to read, they're making decisions. And this space, this AI powered learning space, is talking the student through and guiding them through this experience where they're making the calls and they're seeing where the decisions might have gone wrong. And 
that was really powerful for me because I outside of listening to Hamilton, I haven't thought about the Battle of Yorktown probably since I had my high school U.S. <laughs> history class. And, and and without Hamilton, you probably wouldn't have thought of that again, right? Exactly, exactly. And yet here I was, and and you know we made different versions of this where it's like you're you're in General Washington's office, like while or, or like or like tent while while planning the strategy versus being being a soldier versus being on the British side, and makes these types of experiences possible in a really fun way. Now let me let me give you one more example because this this is my personal favorite. After we did this Battle of Yorktown one, we thought, okay, picture yourself, end of Spanish class, teacher hands out a worksheet, and you're doing the like drawing lines between vocabulary words, and you're filling in the blank, and you're filling out like a, a conjugation chart. And then we thought, okay, how about instead you send your kids to a Spanish cafe to order lunch or listen to music or make a friend and make plans for that evening. And so we set up, we set up one of these spaces, it's called Spanish cafe and, and the student goes in and the teacher can set different objectives for the student to accomplish in that space. So they can say, Hey, order lunch, or they can say, ask them to change to your, change the music to your favorite song. That one, we did that one it like did a kind of like a jukebox scenario where you're picking songs off of a jukebox and so the teacher we've created the template right it's like spanish cafe this is an environment and it, people are speaking spanish and the student can ask for help and maybe get some help in on english and things like that like we've created this space but the teacher gets to come in and say here's what i want my students to accomplish in this space or here's what i taught today and i want the students to practice that and so the student goes in to the Spanish cafe. And again, all, it, all right now is, is text-based in, in that kind of chat environment. But the teacher gets this real-time dashboard of how their 30 different students are engaging in this activity. And if they've set a couple of objectives, they get to see when the students are accomplishing those or what they're struggling with while they're getting there. And of course, we're using the AI the whole way to say like, hey, Johnny had this breakthrough, like maybe go and give them a shout out. Or you taught about this specific vocabulary word today, and only three students in your class were able to get the second person conjug verb conjugation right. So maybe you need to reteach re that. And the coolest part about these, this is something that we're getting in place right now, is that we pull in everything that we know about the student and their reading level, their grade level, their interests, their, their IEP accommodations. And the space adapts to, of course, everything that the teacher said, but also now everything about the student. So literally every student is getting their own personal app-based experience uh, on the content. And then the teacher, of course, is getting this real-time data of, of how every student is doing. That's just something none of us have ever had before in the classroom or, or in other places in life to see like how 30 plus you could run it with 100 people or 500 people and see how every single one of them is engaging in this content in real time. It, it makes me want to go back to the classroom. <laughs> what do you think is the most interesting part of spaces? I think when you talk about 
giving teachers a tool to help kids, one, personalize, and two, be enrolled in what they're doing, as Seth Godin calls it, is incredibly valuable. So when you, when you, have an opportunity to take, like, I'm looking at this, the space one, for example, exploring our solar system. Mm-hmm. I was out camping last week and didn't have any internet connection. And we're just out looking at the stars and they're amazing and beautiful and big and bright. And one of the kids that was there was like, why does the Milky Way look like it's cloudy? And I was like, mm. I have a way that I could respond to that. But I don't know the exact answer, and I don't know if it would be meaningful or worthwhile or if it would be real learning or not. I think about those things because I'm a nerd. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) But but then I came into this exploring our solar system space that you have, and I asked that question, why is the Milky Way white? And it gave an answer that it said, it appears white because it's made up of billions of stars along with clouds of gas and dust. And I was like, that's interesting. I have a follow-up question. Are there clouds and dust in our space? Because I never see them here. And so then I was able to like go down this path that was interesting to me and applicable to me and be able to feel like I'm getting a good enough response that I could start to understand things. Picture this, a student drowning in tabs, tools, and notes, struggling to piece together a research project. Sounds familiar, right? Now, imagine all of that streamlined under one roof. That's Scribble. Scribble is more than just a tool, it's a game changer. Students can curate, annotate, cite, and write all in one place. Collaborative annotations, check. Automatic citations, check. Real-time feedback for educators, you bet. And the best part is, it's not just about making tasks easier, about freeing up time for higher-level learning and critical thinking. Are you worried about AI plagiarism? With Scribble, students show their authentic work process, making it genuine and credible. And I mentioned it won the Soup's Choice Award for College and Career Readiness. So if you're ready to transform the way your school approaches research and writing, head over to scribble.com and see the magic for yourself. That's S-C-R-I-B-L-E dot com. The first time I used that same space is I, I asked why the sky was blue. And then I was like, wait a second. So is the sky blue on all of the other planets? And I started going through like each planet. And it's like, well, what color is the sky if you were standing on that planet or if you were floating in the gas of that planet? And you could see outward, like what would the sky look like? And I don't know, that was interesting. And it was a question that I had that took me down this little path that was fun. Yeah, well, and and what's so cool is that it takes out the busy work that you're talking about of of identifying whether it takes out the busy work for the students and for the teacher of giving a worksheet so that it's easy for you to see whether or not every kid is getting the same thing. It takes out the test questions and makes it more of a realistic, real-life thing, which every every single language teacher out there knows that you learn the language by speaking the language and by using the language. You don't learn the language by filling out a worksheet. You actually need to use it in in real life situations. And so being able to... And that's almost impossible in an early language class because the only person who actually knows the language is the teacher. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. 
No, you're right though. Like it makes those kinds of things accessible and more valuable for everybody who's involved. So you need to know if kids are conjugating the verb correctly. And the way that we do that as teachers is we give them a worksheet and we say, conjugate this verb in all six, whatever those are called. I can't remember now, but in all, you know, I, you, he, she, they, yes. them, whatever we y'all yep. conjugate it like that. And then we know whether or not you, you get it. But the thing is, is that it's, that's a totally different experience than when you have to say, I would like to order a sandwich from you. That's a totally different conversation. And she right. would like to order this sandwich. You have to use those verbs in the actual context that, that, that you would actually use them. And that's how you actually learn it. And that's what makes it meaningful and valuable. Sure. You can memorize those, but the actual knowledge, the information sticks when you actually get to practice it. And, and that relates to everything that you're doing is when you're able to do those things. So the difference here between these spaces and one that I like is the solar system one is that there's this, here's a task that you can do. And in the solar system one, it, it feels more set up like I'm here to teach you about this and you can learn about it and ask me questions. And that can work fine as well. So there's, I, I really like this, I, this comparison to the choose your own adventure. And, and in the background, the AI is saying, here's the standard checked off. Here's this standard checked off. Here's this standard checked off. Yep. And that I think is just incredibly powerful. What, anything else you want to say about that before I go to my next burning question? Yeah, I think just a couple of other of these spaces. So you can start to see how we're using them. It's like, we have career explorer spaces set up. So it's work with a NASA engineer on exploring, like shadow them for a day, or there's SAT prep tutors that, that take in everything that you know from your math class when, when we've got that deep integration with your school and, and things like that. It's like pull in everything we know about the student and how they're actually doing and work on like SAT prep with them. Or that one space that we set up was it's literally just chat GPT, but for students that the teacher can say, here's what I want you to be able to do and not be able to do. So you can say, coach them on writing their essay, but do not write their essay for them. And it snaps and it snaps to grid and, and does that. Right. Um, and to be a, a lot of these sound very complicated. I'll give you a very specific one that everyone listening to this podcast could use in class day one. We built a generic reusable any subject area bell ringer check-in and exit ticket space for the end of class. We call these pulse checks. And you as a teacher can say, I want to know what my student knows about Brigham Young coming into Utah or uh, but before our Utah history class today, or I want to know what, if my student has ever sold anything before a lesson on supply and demand, and we'll give you that. And at the end of class, we're trying to recreate this. If you could talk to every student one-on-one -on -one and say, how was class today? What did you learn? What, what should we cover next time? What feedback do you have for me? Like recreate that one-on-one -on -one moment. We do that with this pulse exit ticket. And every teacher could start using that right now to get much more granular data about how students are doing and also how they're feeling and be able to adapt the lesson accordingly for that day. So that's, that's another 
fun one that just applies to everybody. Yeah. And, and those are powerful tools for teachers to use. And probably every teacher in the world has used a bell ringer or an exit ticket to of course. check in and check out. Right. And being able to have that, I mean, the way I did it is I would have kids answer questions on a piece of paper, and then I'd put the correct answers between my first and middle finger, the almost their answers in between my second and third finger, and did not get it at all in between my ring finger and my pinky finger. And that was how I assessed it at the end of the day. And I still <laughs> had to go through that and make sure that I understood who who was getting it and who wasn't. And if whatever the biggest stack was, that's what I did the next day to make sure that I was responsive to my students and, you know, having things to where I could see that better and see their own personal responses, I think is, is really powerful. This is yeah. where we'll, we'll insert the question about what's your favorite thing about spaces. And then that's a note to the editor. So I hope you guys are listening closely right. on this one. <laughs> All right. So my, <laughs> my next question is what has been the response from your early users about all the things that you're doing and and how how have people been responding to that yeah so it's been it's been a journey as you might guess for anyone that's following ai just as a technology generally speaking it moves so fast what people are doing with it what people are creating what people are like the the boundaries that people are pushing on the technology since ever since like the first day of the app store on the iphone or you know, the early days of the internet, I have not seen people moving the, the energy around a technology the way that we have today. So agreed. For me, it's moving like crazy fast paced. A lot of teachers, they don't follow technology like I do. Or they like, they know that like ChatGPT is this thing or a lot of administrators have said, hey, hey, my students are using it or teachers are using it. I've maybe tried it once or twice, but whatever. And you know, back in January, the, the story was, hey, we're banning this. Like, we don't know what this is. We don't know how it works. We don't know what it will do to our networks. Students are cheating. And this means that they'll stop learning. And so we're, we're just, we're banning it. I were working with a school district that literally banned Canva because it introduced an AI feature. And, wow. and so the, the very first thing that people asked us for at the, at like a district level was, hey, we want to give our teachers access to these tools in a safe and managed way, right? We want our IT team to be able to roll out accounts for it. And we want to be able to see how it's being used. And we want to make sure that it is FERPA compliant. And so like, we want chat based, we just want FERPA compliant chat GPT essentially. And we built that and it works and you can go in and use it with, with our platform. But if any of if any of the listeners have used ChatGPT, you know that one of the first challenges with it is understanding what it can and can't do well, and it's just kind of a blank canvas problem. So we gave access to people uh, and that like early adopter crew that used ChatGPT, they got it immediately. They started using it, and and that was great. For the other people, what we started doing was creating we called them action buttons, which was basically like pre-forming the conversation to help with a specific task. So it might be as simple as come up with a joke of the day, or it might be plan a lesson, or it might be write a shout out home or prepare my newsletter uh, that I send to parents and just kind of setting up the assistant to walk you through in more of a guided way um, so that you 
didn't have to be the prompt engineer. So that made it a hundred times more useful to way more people because, you know, teachers and school leaders are busy and they're not following the tech like we are, and they aren't becoming prompt engineers like you and I have been spending so much time learning yeah. how to get these tools to do what we want. So that has been fun. Where where it's gotten really exciting is on this student engagement front. So we we just spent 15 minutes talking about these student-facing spaces. And I just think that when we're working with people who are like, how can we get students working with this and and using these tools and interacting with it in a way that they they are advancing. You know, we've, we, we spent 30 years talking about 21st century skills and that people, the, the jobs uh, that our students were going to go into were jobs we'd never even heard of yet. And this is it. Like, we're here now. <laughs> uh, prompt engineering is a career, at least for the next five years, maybe. And students need to know how to use this stuff and how to engage with it. So when we showed, we were on a call with about 100 teachers, maybe three weeks ago. And we were showing them these chat actions, and then we showed them our first couple of spaces that we talked about. And they were excited about those. And then we asked, how many of you want to create your own, like build and share your own spaces? And every hand shot up. Like we had been showing all this cool stuff and people were excited about it, but it was kind of like a traditional classroom where maybe, you know, half of the people were pretty engaged and half of them were like more quiet and you asked a question you kind of needed to wait for a response but no we said hey how many of you want to create and share your own spaces every hand just shot up and the zoom chat went wild and that has been fun is these tools of creation for helping people create these spaces or experiences or tools that they're excited about so Coming into fall, I think a lot of people are going to be using our chat app for a lot of back-to-school work, communication home to parents, and for setting up their assignments and their syllabuses for new classes that they're teaching and things like that. But I think where the majority of the excitement and the energy is around using this stuff in a student-facing way that's going to, to, to engage them in new ways and allows the teacher, again, to play that role of designer. Yeah. And, and I love that idea of teachers being able to create and share their own spaces so that you can really focus it on what you're doing in your particular classroom. You know, I think as a former English teacher, being able to do a space around a particular book that we're reading and yeah. being able to essentially spin that up because so much information is already out there, you know, like to kill a mockingbird, for example, I am sure the data that these AI large language models have on To Kill a Mockingbird is extensive. Papers about yeah. them and things like that. You could really do some cool stuff with that classic book that nearly every ninth grader in the country reads. And what a cool opportunity to be able to share those things and make them make them better with the help and support of other people. So I, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all the work that you're doing with this and, and that you're really trying to implement AI in a powerful and positive way. And we didn't get to get into everything that you're doing. And, and I just, because I've spent, back, yeah, I know because I've spent so much time with you, I know that your, your heart is in the right place and you're really trying to do things 
in a in an ethical and an appropriate way. And I just I really respect that. So thank you. Any final words where people can go to learn more about School AI and the work you're doing? Yeah, so we're at schoolai.com where our, our focus is on helping districts, teachers, school leaders deploy AI in a safe and managed and kind of objectives aligned way. And we can do that with professional development, which we've partnered with Jethro on in, in many cases. But we do have this software platform that we're building. And then if there are, you know, these manual workflows in your school that require people to pull CSVs from four different places and say, you know, here's where students need to go for our flex period or whatever it is that you're doing in your school, we'd love to help with that as well. So there's kind of the three ways that we are working with teachers and school leaders right now, all all in the name of like building better learning experiences and using this technology for good in schools. And if you if you can't tell, I get, get excited and animated about this stuff. So please reach out. Would love to would love to talk. So you can check us out at schoolai.com or I'm at Caleb Hicks pretty much everywhere, whether that's threads or Twitter or Mastodon or whatever it is that you're sharing with people. And also just Caleb at schoolai.com. Yeah, very good stuff. And you can you can try out the spaces yourself if you want without even signing up for an account or anything. Schoolai.com slash TP. Just scroll down to the bottom there and click launch on one of those spaces. I think that's a pretty cool demo that people can check out right away and definitely a, a worthwhile thing for people to be doing. And uh, again, Caleb, thank you. We'll, we'll continue the conversation and you'll hear more about School AI in the future. Thank you for being here. Awesome. Thanks so much. Edited by Gage Sanderson.